I am excited. I got some amazing news coming up. I can't wait to share it with you all. I can't share it yet, but I will be sharing it with you all soon. Um, I'll be sure to share with my patrons first because I want my patrons to know you guys have been fam. You guys have supported what we've done. We wouldn't have gotten here without you guys. And so I am grateful for you all, but I've got some amazing news and I am excited to share it. So uh, stay tuned for that. Expect that news uh, in about two or three more weeks. We're in the, and it's part of the reason why I've had to shut down a little earlier uh, than usual because we're scrambling right now to put some things together to make this a reality. But man, we're excited. We're just excited about where God's taking the ministry next. I want to thank all my patrons who have supported me up to this point. Um, it's because of you that we're able to do this. And yes, you may feel like $10 a month isn't a big deal, but it is a big deal. It is a huge deal. It's affirmed us and what we believe God is calling us to do. And it's also affirmed um, uh, our mission moving forward. That is to, you know, use this platform as a means to, you know, equip, empower people, to engage people, to see Jesus differently. We want to represent Jesus. We want to um, equip and mobilize in Christ followers. Hey, Asia, I don't know what's going on. IG is not working. I don't know what's happening. You know, I'll check into it later. Sorry about that. I was just apologizing to the IG fam. But anyway, I'm excited for the news. If you are here for the first time, this is the read and rant. We're going to spend some time in the reading of the word. Um, we're not afforded much time, so we, let's get right into it. We're going to be reading in the book of Isaiah. If you are here for the first time, we've read from Genesis all the way now to Isaiah. And I hope what's happening as you've been spending this time in reading the word is you're getting a different perspective. Even some of your favorite Bible verses, even verses that were thrown at you now, you're beginning to see a bigger context, a bigger picture um, around that verse. And it helps you really reorient your thinking about what Christian faith is really all about. A lot of the stuff that we've been institutionalized to believe about what the Christian faith is, is not the Christian faith. And so to spend time in reading the word in its totality and to see it, to see each verse in the backdrop of the totality of scripture transforms your life. For many of you guys, this has been profoundly transformative for you all. And so I, that's why we do this. That's why we commit to this. And so I want to thank my patrons who support me. I want to thank all of you who download the Read and Rant podcast. I, I want to thank all of you who stay connected with me through the email list, through the text. If you're looking to do any of that, just do it from the link in the bio. Look at the link in the profile. Just connect with us. Those of you who support this, this mission financially, we thank you all. You guys have made this possible. And we're going to continue to do this. Um, and I'm excited. I'm really excited about the news that I will be sharing with you all in the weeks to come. So anyway, I'm holding back, but I'll make sure I share with my patrons first. So I'm holding back on that. With that being said, we want to read the word today and we're going to just gonna spend a few moments reading the word and we're going to read it from a meditational posture. We're going to ask three questions as we read the scripture. We're going to ask first, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first thing. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? The second thing that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? And I want you to prayerfully consider those questions as we spend time in his word today. Father, I ask as we engage in your word, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord. With the time that we're afforded this morning, Father, I pray, that, Lord, that you would bless us. Lord, reveal your heart to us. Reveal your will to us. 
Um, to each and every one of us, Lord, speak to us specifically today as we read your word. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Remember, this isn't a Bible study. This is just a Bible reading. Okay. And so let's just read. Isaiah 11, and we're going to read verse 1, and it says this. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of its out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down. Sorry, let me read that back. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand against the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Pathros and Cush, from Elam and Shinar, from Hamath and the, and the islands of the sea. He will set up a banner for the nations, and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Also, the envy of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not harass Ephraim, and they shall fly down upon the shoulder of the Philistines toward the west. Together they shall plunder the people of the east. They shall lay their hand on Edom and Moab, and the people of Ammon shall obey them. The Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the sea of Egypt. With his mighty wind, he will shake his fist over the river and strike it in the seven streams and make men cross over dry shod. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people who will be left from Assyria as it was for Israel in the day that he came up from the land of Egypt. Isaiah 12. And in that day, you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, Will, sorry, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord, 
call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention of his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Isaiah 13. The burden against Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amal saw, lift up a banner on the high mountain. Raise your voice to them. Wave your hand that they may enter the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for my anger. Those who rejoice in my exaltation, the noise of the multitude in the mountains, like that of many people, the tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the army for battle. They will come from a far country. From the end of heaven, the Lord in his weapon of indignation to destroy the whole land, wail, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, all hands will be limp. Every man's heart will melt, and they will be afraid. Pangs and sorrows will take hold of them. They will be in pain as a woman in childbirth. They will be amazed at one another. Their faces will be like flames. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, with both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he will destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be darkened in its going forth, and the moon will not cause its light to shine. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity, I will halt the arrogance of the proud and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a mortal more rare than fine gold, a man more than the gold wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth will move out of her place. In the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger, it shall be as the hunted gazelle and as a sheep that no man takes up. Every man will turn to his own people and everyone will flee to his own land. Everyone who is found will be thrust through and everyone who is captured will fall by the sword. Their children will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be plundered and their wives ravaged. Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them who will not regard silver. And as for gold, they will not delight in it. Also, their bowls will dash the young men to pieces, and they will have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eye will not spare children, and Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It will never be inhabited, nor will it be settled from generation to generation, nor will the Arabian pitch tents there, nor will the shepherds make their sheepfolds there, but wild beasts of the deserts will lie there, and their houses will be full of owls. Ostriches will dwell there, and wild goats will caper there. The hyenas will howl in their citadels, and jackals in their pleasant palaces. Her time is near to come, and her days will not be prolonged. Hmm. Isaiah 14. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob. And will still choose Israel and settle them in their own land. The strangers will be joined with them 
and they will cling to the house of Jacob. Then people will take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel will possess them for servants and maids in the land of the Lord. They will take them captive, whose captives they were, and rule over their oppressors. It shall come to pass in the day of the Lord. Gives you rest from sorrow and from your fear and the hard bondage in which you were made to serve. That you will take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How the oppressor has ceased, the golden city ceased. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers. He who struck the people in wrath with continual smoke, he who ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and no one hinders. The whole earth is at rest and quiet. They break forth into singing. Indeed, the cypress trees rejoice over you. The cedars of Lebanon saying, since you were cut down, no woodsman has come up against us. Hell from beneath is excited about you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up the dead for you all the chief ones of the earth. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. They all shall speak and say to you, have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Your pomp is brought down to Sheol and the sound of your string instruments. The maggot is spread under you and worms cover you. Goodness gracious. Verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven. O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who are you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners, all the kings in, of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, everyone in his, whole, in his own house, but you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch, like the garment of those who are slain, thrust through with a sword, who go down to the stones of the pit like a corpse trodden underfoot. You will not be joined with them in burial because you have destroyed their land and slain your people. The brood of evildoers shall never be named. Prepare slaughter for his children because of the iniquity of their fathers, lest they rise up and possess the land and fill the face of the world with cities. For I will rise up against them, says the Lord of hosts, and cut off Babylon, the name and remnant and offspring and posterity, says the Lord. I will also make it a possession for the porcupine and marshes of muddy water. I will sweep it with the broom of destruction, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, surely I have thought so it shall come to pass. And as I have purpose, so it shall stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land, and on my mountains tread them underfoot. Then his yoke shall be removed from them, and his burden removed from their shoulders. This is the purpose that is purposed against the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations, for the Lord of hosts has purpose. And who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? 
verse 28. This is the burden which came in the year that King Ahaz died. Do not rejoice, all you of Philistia, because the rod that struck you is broken. For out of the serpent's roots will come forth a viper, and its offspring will be a, fi a fiery flying serpent. The firstborn of the poor will feed, and the needy will lie down in safety. I will kill your roots with famine, and I will slay your remnant. Wail, O gate. Cry, O city. All you of Philistia are dissolved. For smoke will come from the north, and no one will be alone in his appointed times, that they will answer the messengers of the nation. For the Lord has founded Zion, and the poor of his people will take refuge in it. The burden against Moab, Isaiah 15. Because in the night of Ar of Moab is laid waste and destroyed, because in the night of Kir Moab is laid waste and destroyed, he has gone up to the temple of Dabon, to the high places to weep. Moab will wail over Nebo and over Medeba. On all their heads will be baldness and every beard cut off. In their streets, they will clothe themselves with sackcloth. On the top of their houses and in the streets, everyone will wail, weeping bitterly. Heshbon and Aleah will cry out. Their voice shall be heard as far as Jahaz. Therefore, the armed soldiers of Moab will cry out. His life will be burdensome to him. My heart will cry out for Moab. His fugitives shall flee to Zoar like a three-year-old heifer from the ancient, <coughs> sorry, from the ascent of Lahith. They will go up with weeping for in the way of Horonam. They will, ra they will raise up a cry of destruction for the waters of Nimrim will be desolate. For the green grass has withered away, the grass falls, there is nothing green. Therefore, the abundance they have gained and what they have laid up, they will carry away to the brook of willows. For the cry has gone out all around the borders of Moab, its wailing in Eglaim and its wailing in Bir Elim. The waters of Demon will be full of blood because they will bring more up Demon. Lions upon him who escaped from Moab and the remnant of the land. Isaiah 16. Send the lamb to the ruler of the land, from Selah to the wilderness, to the mount of the daughter of Zion, for it shall be as a wandering bird thrown out of the nest. So shall be the daughters of Moab at the fords of Arnon. Take counsel, execute judgment, make your shadow like the night in the middle of the day, hide the outcast. Do not betray him who escapes. Let my outcast dwell with you, O Moab. Be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler, for the executioner is at an end. Devastation ceases. The oppressors are consumed out of the land. In mercy, the throne will be established, and one will sit on it in truth in the tabernacle of David judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. Hmm. We have heard of the pride of Moab. He is very proud of his haughtiness and his pride and his wrath, but his lies shall not be so. Therefore, Moab shall wail for Moab. Everyone shall wail for the foundations of Kir Hareseth. You shall mourn. Surely they are stricken for the fields of Heshbon languish and the vine of Sibma. The lords of the nations have broken down its choice plants, which have reached to Jazir and wandered through the wilderness. Her branches are stretched out 
They are gone out over the sea. Therefore, I will bewail the vine of Sibma with the weeping of Jezer. I will drench you with my tears, O Heshbon and Aliyah, for battle cries have fallen over your summer fruits and your harvest. Gladness is taken away and joy from the plentiful land. In the vineyards, there will be no singing, nor will there be shouting, nor treaders will tread out wine in the presses. I have made their shouting cease. Therefore, my heart shall resound like a harp for Moab and my inner being for Kir Hares. And it shall come to pass when it is seen that Moab is weary on the high place, that he will come to a sanctuary to pray, but he will not prevail. This is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning Moab since that time. But now the Lord has spoken saying, within three years, as the years of a hired man, the glory of Moab will be despised. With all that great multitude and the remnant will be very small and feeble. Hmm. One more. And then I'll just share one quick thought with you all. Isaiah 17, the burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city and it will be a ruinous heap. The cities of Arar are forsaken. They will be for flocks which lie down and no one will make them afraid. The fortress will also cease from Ephraim, the kingdom of Damascus and the remnant of Syria. They will be as the glory of the children of Israel, says the Lord of hosts. In that day, it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob will wane and the fatness of his flesh grow lean. It shall be as when the harvester gathers the grain and the reaps of heads with his arm it shall be as he who gathers the heads of grain in the valley of Eph, sorry, Rephaim. Yet gleaning grapes will be left in it like the shaking of an olive tree. Two or three olives at the top of the most high bough. Four or five in its most fruitful branches, says the Lord God of Israel. In that day, a man will look to his maker and his eyes will respect the Holy One of Israel. He will not look to the altars, the work of his hands. He will not respect what his fingers have made, nor the wooden images, nor the incense altars. In that day, his strong cities will be forsaken. Bow. And the upmost, and sorry, in the uppermost branch, and they left because of the children of Israel, and there will be desolation, because they, because you have forgotten the God of your salvation, and have not been mindful of the rock of your stronghold, and have not been mindful of the rock of your stronghold. Therefore, you will plant pleasant plants and set out foreign seedlings. In the day you will make your plant grow, and in the morning you will make your seed to flourish, but the harvest will not reap of ruins. Sorry, but the harvest will reap of ruins. In the day of grief and desperate sorrow, woe to the multitude of many people who make a noise like the roar of the seas, and to the rushing of the nations that make a rushing like the rushing of the mighty waters. The nations will rush like the rushing of many waters. God will rebuke them and they will flee far away and be chased like the chafe of the mountains before the wind, like the rolling things before the whirlwind. Then behold, at eventide trouble, and therefore the morning he is no more. There is the portion of those who plunder us and the lot of those who rob us. I'm going to stop right there.
to stop right there. Um, I can keep on reading. And if I keep on reading for you in Isaiah 18, we see a proclamation against Ethiopia. In Isaiah 19, we see the proclamation against Egypt. In Isaiah 20, we see the sign of that proclamation against Egypt and Ethiopia. Then in Isaiah 21, we see the proclamation of the fall of Babylon. We see proclamations of falls. And he continues to do this for this part in this section in the book of Isaiah. We read today proclamations against the fall of nations. The fall of Babylon. The fall um, of the king of Babylon. We see the fall of Moab. We see the fall, the destruction of Moab. We see a proclamation of the fall of Syria. And as I read this, the thing that comes to my mind and something that I want you guys to reflect on today as we read. And I mentioned this early on in our time when we, when we read at the beginning, as we've been journeying, and I know this has been a profoundly transformative endeavor for many of you who have really just said, you know what, I'm just going to sit and read the whole Bible with you. Because I think when, when people, you know, just read pieces of the scripture, they don't get the big picture. And then all of a sudden they just get lost in the sauce. They get lost in all of it. And it's easy to get lost in the Bible. And it's easy for the Bible to be misinterpreted, misappropriated, mistaught, when all you're doing is teaching little snippets here and there. Of course, as pastors, we're not afforded that kind of time to actually go through the entire totality of Scripture with you all on Sundays. It's just not possible. It takes you disciplining yourself to actually just read the whole thing. And, but when you read the whole thing, man, it changes everything. Because now you start seeing the, you start seeing the Scripture in a whole different light. I'm saying this because as you read these proclamations, you should read these proclamations on the backdrop of a bigger story, a bigger narrative, and then an even bigger story and an even bigger narrative. And I don't have the time today to really break down all the, 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 the specifics of it. But if you have been reading with me, what you've been reading is, is you've been reading from Genesis all the way through is that God has been in the business of his kingdom. He's been in the business of of, of, of restoring his government, his righteousness, and his justice. Not man's government, not mankind's government, not man's institutions, not any of that. He came to establish his government, his rule, how he intends to administrate the earth. From the beginning, this was always about his government. How do we know that? Because in Genesis, right there at the beginning, God says, to mankind. He says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And then he says, let them have dominion. That literally means rule. He's saying, let humanity rule over the earth. Then in, in Genesis chapter two, he explains what ruling looks like. He says, he put man in the garden to tend it and to keep it, literally to oversee it to protect it, to care for it. So he gave humanity a task as extensions of himself on earth to oversee the earth, the flourishing of the earth, to tend it and to keep it. 
God had a set of rules for that. And that was established even through creation. He set that up because the flourishing of the earth has everything to do with his quality, his character, who he is, his holiness, his righteousness. So when we do as God intends us to do, the earth flourishes. God doesn't care about a specific people. God's not so concerned about, you know, a particular person over another person. God cares about the flourishing of his creation. God created the earth, put humanity in it to oversee it, to tend it and to keep it. Humans are extensions of God. Literally to say that you're human, the word human, humus comes from, or hummus, that's where you see the word hummus or humus means to come from the ground. God out of the ground formed humanity, mankind, a human, where he inserted himself in the human by breathing into him, inserting his will, his heart, his character, his being, his essence. He put it, we are extensions of God on earth. And yet, what did humanity do? Humanity sought to distance themselves from God and do what they felt was best for themselves. So now, rather than be, rather than be a people or a creation distinct from all creation to oversee the flourishing of the earth, because as God rules in the realm of the spirit, God rules in the realm of the earth and on the realm of the earth, God has extended himself through humanity. As I said this before, as I stated before, that humanity is the imager of God on earth. It's the activity of doing God, extending God's rule, God's justice, God's righteousness. That's the whole purpose of this. And yet, we, instead of ruling as God intends us to do, because let him have dominion, let him rule. We instead chose to rule for ourselves. I'm not going to get into the narrative. We spent time in Genesis talking about this. And I know that shook a lot of people because when people heard what I spoke about, when it pertained to the Elohim and the human and, and all that, everybody got all lost in the sauce. There was a big idea though there. The big idea was, is that God was in the business of his kingdom. Why does this matter? Because the only kingdom that will stand in eternity is God's kingdom. Let me say that again. The only kingdom that will stand in eternity is God's kingdom. It's the only one that works, fam. It's the only one that can withstand. It's the only one that will exist in perpetuity is God's kingdom, God's rule. And that's why when we talk about the righteousness of God, when we talk about the kingdom of God or the righteousness of God, we're talking about the rule of God, the, the essence of God, the quality of God, the justice of God. That's why the word righteousness and justice, they're the same word. Righteousness and justice is the same word. That's why people try to separate righteousness and justice. That never made sense. Like, well, no, let's just preach the gospel because the gospel is about righteousness. Hello, did you not know that righteousness and justice are the same word? If there's righteousness, there's justice. If there's justice, there's righteousness. They both coincide with each other. We're the ones who like to separate it. <laughs> why does all this matter? 
I'm bringing all this up because as mankind distanced themselves from God and began to rule in their own way, on their own law, doing what's best for each and every one of them. This is the problem with individualism. This is the problem with individualistic thinking, henceforth why it's a problem with capitalism. On one level, capitalism seems great. We see flourishing to some degree, but it's rooted in this demonic idea of individualism. Every man for himself, every man doing what's best for himself, every man living the best. And if every man does what's best for themselves, then in the end, we'll get what's best for humanity. What a philosophy. What a philosophy. And that is the problem with capitalism. That in lies the problem. The problem is, is we think that the world is every man for himself. We all do what's best for ourselves. Individualism. Ah, the demonic agenda of individualism. Be you, do you, do the best. And if everybody does the best for themselves and the best result will come out. It don't work like that. We don't do us and what's best for ourselves. We rule under a different government. And this isn't socialism either because it's not about the collective or communism. I know socialism, socialists will get real, real upset with that. It's not about the communists either where we do what's best for the collective because that's also demonic. Both of them fall short of the righteousness of God. This is why you cannot be Republican before you're Christian. I might lose some people here. And this is why you can't be a Democrat before you're Christian. Did I lose anybody? I might have lost some people. People are going to start dropping out right here. You cannot be a Republican before you are a Christian. And you cannot be a Democrat before you are a Christian. The problem is, is that we have informed our Christian faith with our political positions. And no wonder why the world looks at the church and says the church is like everything else. Because we have agendas that we force on what God really wants. Here's the problem. We have it backwards. Our Christianity should be informing our politics, not the way, not the other way around. And yet we've made our politics and our politics inform our Christianity, which is why we've created the cults that we see today, which is why we've got this bootleg form of Christianity that doesn't actually liberate anybody. It actually oppresses them. Why am I ranting on this? I'm ranting on this because none of these represent the government of God. None of these represents the kingdom of God. None of them. Ooh, here's an alert. <laughs> here's an alert, okay? The president of the United States is not God. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. 
If God is sovereign, the president of the United States is not God. God does not sit in the White House. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Not of this world. So for those, for those of you who say, vote biblically. Yes, vote biblically. Vote policies that support your faith. No, your faith should be transforming the world. Not establishing your own form of bootleg Christianity that now you call the kingdom. This is the problem with Christian nationalism. Christian politics. I'm only saying this to say that we have to begin to realize and we have to understand at what point, this is the discernment that you need to have to understand what point have we veered away from the kingdom of God because we are so consumed by politics and culture and positions and ideas. Jesus would not be a Republican. He would hate it. Jesus wouldn't be a Democrat either. He would hate it. Did you hear me, fam? I know we're not in the electoral cycle, but man, this is this book of Isaiah is really getting real here for a second. Jesus would not be a Republican. Jesus would not be a Democrat. He would hate both of them because both of them are founded on ideals that at the core do not represent him. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. There's this whole idea of individualism, small government, all oh, that's great, but that's all rooted on individualistic thinking that says that when I do what's best for myself and everyone else does what's best for themselves, then we get the best result that is demonic. That is not the kingdom of God. And also it isn't communism. Well, we say, well, what's best for the collective is what's best. You know, they're both idolatry. One is the idolatry of self and one is the idolatry of community. Neither one of them points to the righteousness of God. That is the problem when we have our Christianity informed by our politics and not the other way around. Don't say vote biblically. Now, somebody's going, well, then should I vote? Of course you should vote. Of course you should participate in the political process. Of course God works through all that. I'm not saying that, okay? I want to make sure y'all understand this. I'm not calling for anarchy. I'm calling Christians to be what God called us to be. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about a whole different kingdom. Why am I ranting on this? I'm ranting on this because I want to point something out to you. For every empire in the history of the world that has operated on its own philosophy of power, manipulation, economics, for every empire, they all fell. Every empire has fallen. Babylon, Syria, Ethiopia, Egypt, 
every empire has fallen. And while this empire, Babylon and Syria and Ethiopia, all of which dismantled Israel, that's all for the Hebrew Israelites who say that, you know, um, African nations are, are the children of Israel. Then why did Africa overtake Israel and plunder the, the, the nation? Killed and raped women and children. They all did it because we're all sinful. Africans, Europeans, all of them did it. <laughs> sorry, that was a side note. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have thrown that in there. That's going to start a whole debate. I don't want to get into a fight with the Hebrew Israelites right now. <laughs> you know, knowledge is power, y'all. <laughs> knowledge is power. But it says in the scripture what Ethiopia did to Israel. That's in the scripture, is it not? What Egypt did to Israel. Is it? Are we reading the same Bible? Hmm. So what the West Asians and North Africans did to Israel. All of it plundered the nation. And here Isaiah is speaking on this and he's saying to Israel, don't be hopeless. Even in the midst of this, don't be hopeless because there's restoration coming. God's going to restore the nation. He's going to restore, and it's going to look different. It's going to be a different kind of nation because up to this point, Israel was trying to live like everybody else. Israel is like what Christians try to do when they try to be Republican before they're Christians. Israel was trying to live on the, the, the culture and the rules and the way of living and the lifestyle of, of those people. Yeah, that's what they were doing. And now they've fallen. When it's about power and influence and, and manipulation, you'll get a short period of influence and power. But in the end, you will lose it. Israel has lost it. And yet God is saying, I still got my name on you and I'm going to restore you and I'm going to put you back together. God is saying all of that. But here's the crazy part. The crazy part about this, and this is the part that gets me, is Isaiah is going through the list of all the empires. All of which that have gotten a piece of Israel. And he's prophesying how they will fall. Proclaiming against Ethiopia, proclaiming against Syria, proclaiming against Moab, proclaiming against Babylon. And after all those proclamations, the one thing that sticks with me here is there's never been a kingdom that has stood in eternity. Never. Has there been a kingdom or a government or an institution that has stood in eternity? None of them have. They all fall. Did you hear me? They all fall. Babylon has fallen. And they will all fall. This is not me 
saying anything about our beautiful country, the United States, and how it's the greatest country in the world, and all this and all that. Examine yourself. What governs this country? Is it the kingdom of God? Or is it power? They all fall. China at one point was the most powerful government in the world. Russia had its prominence. Africa had its prominence. Europe had its prominence. England had its prominence. It's the United States' turn. Who knows how long that's for? It's already eroding even as we speak. And we just keep handing it because they all fall. And they all fall because they don't, they're not governed by a thing that is everlasting. There's only one kingdom that will stand in eternity. And that's the kingdom of God. thing is, is that the kingdom of God rules on a different set of rules. The kingdom of God does not rule on power. The kingdom of God isn't ruled by money. The kingdom of God is not ruled by, by, by influence, not the kind that we think. And that's why the disciples even had problems with Jesus. They saw Jesus. They saw Jesus. The disciples saw Jesus. And they were like, man, Jesus, you've got popularity. You've got influence. Everyone knows who you are. Everybody's talking about you. This is your time. You've been talking about a kingdom. This is the time to take over. Let's take over those Europeans. Let's take over that European power. Let's reestablish the nation of Israel. Let's become the government of God. Let's run. Let's run. Let's run. And then Jesus stops him and he says to them, my kingdom is not of this world. And then boys look confused. They're like, hold up. What is he talking about? My kingdom is not of this world. Because in their mind, when they think of a kingdom, they think of power. They think of rule. They think of institutions. They think of governments. They think of manipulation. They think of all of that. They think, hey, let's finally establish our prominence in our position in the world. And Jesus is saying, no, the way I rule is different. I rule with service. I rule on my knees. I rule with sacrifice. My kingdom is not of this world. And here's the crazy thing about it, fam, is that the kingdom that Jesus rules with is the one that will stand forever. The kingdoms that want money, power, manipulation, influence, all of those, those are the kingdoms that do not stand forever. They don't last. Babylon will fall, Ethiopia will fall, Egypt will fall, Rome will fall, China will fall. We've seen it all through history. They have all fallen because those kingdoms do not stand on something eternal. If we want to see the kingdom of God, let's stop trying to influence our politics on our faith. Let's operate in faith and live as God intends for us to live. His kingdom is not of this world.
And therefore, we need to reevaluate. Babylon has fallen. And the next one will fall. But the kingdom of God will stand forever. So let's think differently today, fam. Let's think differently about how we rule. Let's think differently about how we actually love. Let's think differently about what government really should look like. It's not presidents. It's not senators. You know what's crazy, fam? What's crazy is we're waiting for the government to fix the world's problems. You know what's crazy? What's crazy is the church is waiting for the government to fix our country. We're waiting for presidents to fix our world. We're waiting for policies to fix things. When God gave the solution for the world, the solution for the world was his church. And I'm not talking about that steeple that you go, you drive by that you never go into. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the people who God has sent to be the kingdom. You know, rather than waiting for governments and institutions and leaders and presidents to come up with solutions, how about see yourself as a solution? You are the answer to a problem. So be the kingdom of God and stop waiting for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here and it's in you. The kingdom of God is here and it's in you. And if you want to know what I'm passionate about, fam, and I'm done, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I'm done. But, but if there's anything that I'm passionate about, I believe this next season for the church is when institutions begin to crumble and people get built up. Did you hear me? The thing I'm excited about in this season is that there are institutional churches that are crumbling, but the institution will crumble, but the people will be built up. People are about to step out and they're about to do what they were called to do. People are about to be the church rather than waiting for the church to do something. People are about to be the power and the presence of God where they work, where they live, where they lead, where they pray. People are about to be what they were called to be from the beginning, which is the very embodiment of Christ, that we are the body of Christ. And I really believe this, fam that this is going to be a new revival. And this revival is not going to look like a bunch of people just showing up in a room and listening to some preacher preach. But this next season is about to be one in which people step out and they start serving their city. And people start seeing the love of Jesus, start seeing the impact of God, start seeing the presence of God, start seeing how a church can move prophetically, bringing the restoration of, of the world and of their cities, not waiting for somebody to fix it, but to be the solution. I believe this is about to be a revival, fam. A revival and I want I'm glad to be a part of that and it's already begun Babylon will fall but his kingdom will stand forever and I'm glad to be able to do it with all of y'all I love y'all fam Father, I thank you, Lord, that you brought us here together Lord God as we read your word Lord Isaiah is giving us such a such a poignant reminder Lord, of the fact that there's no kingdom that stands in eternity and perpetuity, none except for yours. And so, Father, teach us, Lord, to be agents of your kingdom. Well, teach us, Lord, to, to move in your power. Teach us, Lord, to be your hands and feet. Teach us to be the presence of God in our cities, 
each and every one of us being called in a very specific way to go and to um, bring gospel change, Lord, to our world. And I, I'm excited. I'm excited that, Lord, it's happening already. I'm excited that I get to see this and, and God, that you that you've called me to be a part of that and each and every one of us to be a part of that. So I'm excited about that, Lord. Bless us, Lord, today. Lord, even as we go about our day, Lord, let us be reminded, Lord, that we are called to a higher calling because your ways are above our ways. Your thoughts are above our thoughts. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Fam, love y'all. Love you guys very much. Thank you for being a part of this. Again, we'll be back here tomorrow. Tomorrow will be short again because um, it'll be short because I have a meeting. Like I said, guys, I have some exciting news to share with you all. I can't wait to share it. I know I'm going to hit, hit up all my patrons about it uh, first, but I will be sharing it with everybody. I'm excited. So anyway, um, if you want to support, guys, click the link in the bio. Um, it is your support that's made this possible. So I thank you. Oh, I thank every one of my patrons. I thank you all. You guys are family. You guys are more than just people who, you know, are able to put, you know, $10 aside. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. But you are so much more than that. You are family to us. And so Vanessa and I are thankful. And we are excited. We are. Asia, I got to hit you up. I'm just letting you know that right now. I got to hit you up, Asia. We need to have a conversation. Um, but I love all y'all. And I can't wait to connect with you guys on a deeper level. Um, we have so many things we're going to be sharing in the next few months. And I'm just glad that we can all be a part of this. I'll be posting this. Some of you asked this. I will be posting this right away on Patreon. But I will also be posting this in our Read and Rant podcast. Now, this probably won't show up until May. And the only reason is because I post on the podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Whereas this, we do almost every day. And so we have a different schedule on the podcast. So I want to make sure things stay in line every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I keep that consistent. And so um, I want to encourage you guys, go ahead. And, and if you can't if you can't support, this still, this stuff still comes out, okay? Um, so, yes, join uh, the Read and Rant podcast. Subscribe to that. I encourage you to do that. Um, if you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. And uh, there was one more thing I was going to say. One more thing. One more thing. Oh, yeah. Bible study tonight. We're going to talk about the church again, fam. We're going to talk about the church. We're going to have a Bible study on the church. So uh, come and join us for that as well. Okay. Um, it'll be on Patreon. Uh, just go to the link in the bio and be a pa become a patron. And, um, and also, I'll provide a link to the patrons um, to share with, you know, with those who are patrons. All right. So love y'all. Love y'all. Brina, so good to see you. Um, Asia, good to see you. Love you guys. I gotta go. I will see you guys, uh, tonight at seven. So it'll be at seven tonight. So I'll see you guys tonight at seven. All right. Love y'all. Peace out.